back, baby. All right. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, we are Chemist Confessions. My name is Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And this podcast is just a human conversation about all the skincare science we talk about. Um, this is episode four of season three. And what is this episode about, Gloria? Ooh, I'm excited about this. It's starting to get warmer. You can't tell because we're both wearing sweaters, but it really is. <laughs> and we're starting to see like spring summer launches coming out. So the lot. strength of the sun yes. is really coming through. So all the new antioxidants, yes. new sunscreen. So this episode is an update on antioxidants. Yep. But before that, we have a little bit of a brand update. Wait, wait, wait. Before that, what are we drinking? You're right. More <laughs> importantly, what are we drinking? Uh, today, I am drinking the Sublimely Self-Righteous IPA. This is not symbolic of anything. No. Last um, week was salty. This yeah, week was self-righteous. self-righteous. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, Gloria, what about you? I am drinking sake. <laughs> Straight from the bottle. <laughs> Courtesy of my friend Christine. It is delicious. Goes mm-hmm. down really That's easy. Great. I will not be drinking straight from bottle. I have it poured in a little cup. So but into yes. a cup and straight out of the bottle. Correct. <laughs> yep. Uh, today is Friday. So hope you guys had a great end of the week. And now we'll get into the brand update. Yay. All right. So probably the best news ever is that things are finally back in stock. Yes. And by things, we mean Mr. Reliable. Yep. Uh, we are recording this uh, um, March 11th. On Friday, it is the day that Mr. Reliable is finally back in stock. Yeah, we um, we've said this before in the previous episode, <laughs> but it's been quite a challenge, and uh, definitely it feels like a huge feat and a great win on this Friday. So to celebrate all of that, um, just wanted to do a little montage of nice words about Mr. Reliable. All right. Yeah. So first things first. Uh, the title is Game Changer. Love this lotion. First winter without dry patches. And I have reordered so many times. Yay. Good start. Good start. So funny story mm-hmm. about this uh, Mr. Reliable mm-hmm. coming back in stock is mm-hmm. we're starting to notice that Mr. Reliable fans do not trust us <laughs> in keeping this in stock because we have people buy, you know, two, I guess, because that meets a free shipping threshold. We have so many orders where they stock up for Mr. Reliable. like, you know, <laughs> Costco mentality with Mr. Reliable. We're not complaining. I also totally understand given how long it's been out of stock. So thank you guys. And uh, we're so sorry for taking so long. Yep. <laughs> we're having hoarding mentality. <laughs> All right. Uh, second review. Um, the title is Mr. in all caps, Reliable. Uh, she writes, love this moisturizer. This is my third bottle. It's light, thin, and doesn't leave your skin greasy. I have mature skin, and this layers nicely on top of my other Korean products. A plus plus. Woo! Two pluses. So that would make Asian parents happy. <laughs> like my mom and dad. <laughs> look, mom, look at me. <laughs> Two pluses. Getting A's after graduation. <laughs> yeah. So we should probably talk about, for those who don't know what Mr. Reliable is, mm-hmm. um, this is our gel cream all-in-one moisturizer. Um, we take the best parts of the other, what we call moisturizer tools, Aquafix, the water stuff, 
um, butter oil, the oil stuff, and then Bon Voyage, the occlusives of butters and waxes. And stuff. we put that stuff, <laughs> you're right. And we put that into a light gel cream. So. Yep. And the whole idea is the funny story is Mr. Reliable was actually the last product we decided to make out of the moisturizer line. Sure did. It, it was a very casual conversation of like, hey, Gloria, uh, you think people need a moisturizer? <laughs> We're like, you're right. They do need a moisturizer. Yeah, it was like, so if people are lost and they don't have a moisturizer, what do we do? What do we suggest? A moisturizer. <laughs> oh. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, the whole idea is that that very very basic, staple, reliable piece <laughs> in your routine that you don't have to think a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than all the things Victoria just mentioned, you know, about a light balance of the water, the oil, and a, a little bit of occlusive, we also think that for a reliable everyday moisturizer, you also need some soothing ingredients and also ceramides fatty acids and cholesterol to kind of bolster your skin barrier keep that barrier happy yep so hopefully that gives you a little preview the texture is um really just a light gel cream that oily skin types would be happy to have as a one and done um and then for drier skin types like gloria she'll pair it with like a face oil Mm -hmm. um so yeah all right and then last review from Mr. Reliable that I want to share, um, which gave me, it just made me chuckle. The title is, in all caps, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and she writes, why is this so good? How is it so lightweight, but also moisturizing for a long time? Those are all great questions. <laughs> to be honest, I never leave product reviews, but this one was so good that I had to. The texture is gorgeous, spreads easily, and coats the skin beautifully. My mom even told me on FaceTime that my skin looked good after I used Aww. this. Yes. Please make a jumbo-sized version of this or a bigger version. Please. I love it so much. Need it in my life every day. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, we should follow up because there's a few of you that asked if this is the Gem 2. Um, No, it is not. This is not. (laughs) (laughs) This is the original formula. Um, We are aiming to have Gem 2 come back Mm. in the summer. Um, Again, it's working on sizing up and then also just finishing touches on the texture. So look for more news soon. Yes, uh, we're very excited about that one. I mean, I feel like we baited podcast listeners for like a whole year last year. <laughs> and we're like, ha ha, one again. <laughs> but the reality is Mr. Reliable is so loved by the community. Yeah. We really want to make sure that we take... It scared us. Yes. Like, t- how loved? <laughs> yes, we had existential questions. So we have yeah. to take all the learnings we have from the hatchery. Uh-huh. And what is love about the original formula, and really just like take our time putting the bells and whistles on it. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, Gloria, one last note. Give us an update on Bon Voyage. <laughs> Again, we're recording this as of uh, Friday, March 11th. I am really, really hoping by the time this yes. episode comes out, the bomb will be already in stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working hard at bringing it back ASAP. Um, we are expecting it probably end of next week. Mm. So, yes yes it's coming guys stay tuned stay tuned hopefully when this by the time this podcast does come out um you will see an update in the description so hang in there almost all right so that's over and done with it's time to move on to a little bit of news the news Woo! all right i can't wait 
It's time to update our bingo cards. So if any of you have done the celebrity skincare bingo card with us, um, there is some news. I would like to share <laughs> that Idris Elba and his wife Sabrina have come out with a skincare line, and the brand name is called Sable Labs. It's S with an apostrophe, Able Labs. So, so maybe it's just a pause. It's like Able Labs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the description of the brand is that this is a new line, which is gender neutral, that pr- prioritizes ethical supply chain and reducing the use of toxic ingredients and unnecessary packaging. I, you know, I, I okay, first of all, I was kind of like, damn. I definitely didn't have him in my celebrity bingo. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, when uh, Victoria read me a description, my first thought was like, oh, oh Mr. Elba, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, girl in the back, yeah, uh, yeah. You said you're reducing the use of toxic ingredients. So which toxic ingredient are you minimally <laughs> sprinkling in your products? <laughs> which one are you cutting back on? Could you let us know? <laughs> it's such a stupid, asshole-ish thing to notice about the wording, but <laughs> anyway. So... You've probably listened to us for a long time. You understand our feelings on this, but uh, probably just want to reiterate again. I'd say there's a very, very, very slim chance that your product would even have a minute amount of a toxic ingredient. So just actually topically toxic ingredient. Yeah. So just want to, you know, reinforce that. Make you guys feel no need to worry. Yeah. I am curious about how the execution on unnecessary packaging reduction. <laughs> I also worried about that too. Yeah. Because that means, oh, something protective is leaving. <laughs> what does that mean for when it arrives on your doorstep or when it arrives on shelf? You have six months to use it. If you don't use it, your packaging is <laughs> going to disintegrate and poof. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, but that's not all. Um, uh, more? <laughs> so we finally have some concrete news on ScarJo's line. Um, their, her skincare line is going to be called, or actually has already launched, and is called The Outset. Oh, it launched. It has launched. Huh. I have to say, the first thing, <laughs> my first thought when seeing her packaging, my, my mind looks a lot like Aquafix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, it's got that long, the baton cylinder white cap look. And I, and I was just like, oh, my God, our aesthetics is the same as ScarJo. <laughs> Cause. <I like> that. <laughs> yes, we can do something right with design. Um, so in her lineup, she's got five products. Uh, one of them is a restorative niacinamide night cream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Yay. <laughs> um, there's a nourishing squalling daily moisturizer. Yay. And uh, they also do have an eye cream, smoothing vitamin C eye plus expression line cream. <laughs> we should get like a like a tiny drum or a tiny cloud, which is like. <laughs> uh, there's also a firming vegan collagen prep serum. So cool. And a gentle Missler antioxidant cleanser. Cool. So anyways, um, yeah, I think. Probably when I was looking into this, the most interesting thing was there has actually been a BuzzFeed article that has come out discussing the backlash of these newly launched celeb. Oh, interesting. Um, So it 
it's very clear that everyone's sentiments are being heard on social media and Twitter. Um, as these launches come out, people are like, can we please stop launching new celebrity brands, especially in skincare? Why mm. does this happen in skincare? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's great because then it'll stop irresponsibly launching things. I will say, even though that might mean I will never get a bingo this year, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. We can find other news to talk about. It's going to be okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's it on the celebrity side. Ooh, oh, great. All right, so I have something more of a show and tell with Gloria. I love this. This is my favorite <laughs> find of the week. Uh, so uh, I happen to be browsing products that just anything interesting to share. And I have found what I believe to be the most expensive cream out there on the <laughs> market right now. This is a cream by the brand Decorte, which I believe is how you say that. Um, the cream is five thousand dollars you heard correctly and that is in usd not korean won <laughs> um, so this is actually a collaboration with a crystal company called baccarat um the cream itself uh we're going to show a picture here comes in its very own 100 percent crystal chalice uh, we're not it's not an exaggeration it's it's literally a chalice <laughs> yeah so you know i i am just astounded at what you can like the pd and projects that you can have in skincare this definitely takes the cake it is it's got this medieval crystal vibe with mm -hmm. a giant red jewel as a handle and then as you open it is your skincare cream jar. It just shoots out of the straw like, oh my god, I am an angel for your face. <laughs> so a couple of what I thought was funny notes is it'll tell you like what is included in your $5,000 purchase. So you get a Baccarat crystal stand and cover that they say is 100% crystal. And then they say it comes with a spatula made of user-friendly plastic. <laughs> that doesn't sound $5,000 like, oh, worth. Oh, excuse me. Hello, hello Mr. Elba. I have a question. Oh, wait, that's not your product. I'm sorry. <laughs> couldn't you, couldn't you um, you know, like, why plastic? Is there anything else out there I could have used with your my $5,000? <laughs> oh, you used it all on the crystal? Got it, got it, got it. Um, and then it also comes with two of their, um, they call it AQ, Mel I can't, Mel already. I can't even I say I keep it. wanting to say mediocrity, which is <laughs> definitely not $5,000. Yeah, Meliority <laughs> Intensive Regenerating Multi-Cream. Um, if you go down to the ingredients, the general description says, double peptides, which improve overall texture and tone, a trio of powerhouse botanicals optimize rejuvenation the end cool my favorite line on this product page is refills not sold separately so if you want more of this cream you gotta stack up on the chalices <laughs> yeah so anyways um that definitely takes the take the cake on the price is right for us um so if you want 
There cannot be a bigger flex than having a crystal chalice for your skincare cream. You guys will know that Chemist Confessions have made it when we record this <laughs> podcast, each with crystal chalicing for yeah. our drinks. <laughs> for our drinks. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, the cream? Oh, yeah, we finished it. Use it on the butt cheeks. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So that's not all. You've got some other interesting launches. Um, the first one I think is great. Gloria found this one. It comes from Pharrell. Yeah, I did a <laughs> double take when I saw this. Pharrell uh, is a brand that's probably most well known for their um, the silicone cleansing brush. They're probably the brand that arguably popularized the cleansing brush. <laughs> but um, but probably did a shit job patenting it or protecting the design. Because <laughs> then you soon see designs that's like, <laughs> whatever size shape direction you like your silicone brush someone's made it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway since then Pharrell's launched a lot of different devices here and there and they have a new launch which I did not see coming which is a home make yourself uh, make mix yourself mask set yep so basically they provide simply a mask base in a tube so it is an actual formula mm-hmm. and then what they would like you to do is to use that mix whatever vegetables you have in your fridge mash up and put it on your face as a mask it's a diy mask kit yes and i think they have they also have their own enhancement powders if you don't want to reach into your pantry yeah so if you look at the kit um they plan to have a Ferreo imagination kit come out it's mm-hmm. going to provide um actually no joke a mortal and pestle for you to like mix everything together and in the instructions they show like a slice of cucumber being dropped into the mortar and pestle and yeah mash away mix away i feel like the concept itself like if i if i don't look at the word for real i feel like that's probably like yeah i see it i can see a trendy like hipster natural brand doing this and i saw for real i'm like who are you? <laughs> what are you about? You just, you're like, um, so I have a question. <laughs> Mr. Alba. <laughs> Mr. Alba. <laughs> We're not for real. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened to the devices? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you figure it's too expensive to make devices. Yeah. So anyways, really, um interesting launch we'll see how that goes yeah uh, as far as like home care kids like self-care i'm not offended by the concept yeah, for sure a little gimmicky but can be fun and again mm-hmm. like who doesn't like a little bit of me time but mm-hmm. just yeah again kind of weird <laughs> yep all right and then finally we have uh, a really interesting launch uh, from skin yeah um i didn't even realize that they were coming out with this but i saw it where like we have to talk about it on yep, the podcast, do a sure. quick decode for everyone. It's the it's an extension of their Phyto Plus line. Mm-hmm. And SkinCeuticals doesn't typically color code their line, mm-hmm. but Phyto is the only one that they do. It's all in green. Radioactive green. <laughs> <laughs> it's their soothing line. They have a gel, they have a mask, which I happen to really like. And their latest Phyto Plus Brightening has a very interesting list of active ingredients. Mm-hmm. 
So it has 2% alpha arbutin, 3% azelaic acid, and a uh, 5 point undisclosed amount of niacinamide, but it's sitting around the same neighborhood as azelaic acid, mm-hmm. so I would guess around the 2-3% mark as mm-hmm. well. And 5.75% phytobotanical blend, which is actually just signature to their Phyto Plus line. Yep. Um, what I find really interesting is, first of all, 2% alpha arbutin is... Um, fairly common, but not so much formulated in combination with other ingredients such as azelaic acid. Mm-hmm. You've heard us talk about azelaic acid in the previous episode? Oh, wow, yes. Um, and we, we mentioned that it's usually tested at 20%, mm-hmm. 10%. Um, so I think this is such an interesting product to highlight because even though they use it at a much lower percentage of azelaic than, um, than previously tested concentration, they blend it with these other actives, and because it's SkinCeuticals, they still put it through a clinical test to show that, hey, this combo does Sue skin and brine complexion. We'll have some of their clinical pictures up here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I was going to say, you know, the clinical pictures look great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this, to me, felt like a no-brainer as, like, a secondary supplement to mm-hmm. whatever, like, workhorse pigmentation, hyperpigmentation product you're using currently. Um, when I saw this launch, I was thinking, oh, this must be an extension of SkinCeuticals Discoloration Serum, just because there's not that much overlap with that serum product. Yes. The only thing is a niacinamide. It is not claimed and i know that there's five percent niacinamide in the discoloration serum so just something to keep in mind um as you're you know if you're going to add this to your routine but all in all i think it's great um and i just wanted to clarify you know um gloria pointed out the azelaic acid um and i can confirm that this is not the This is not the azelaic acid derivative, the potassium yes. azeloyl diglycinate. So this is actually azelaic acid. Yeah, and one last thing I want to add is, Victoria made a great point, I just thought of this. This can actually pair really well with your high level of exfoliant. Yeah. This doesn't have any AHAs in it. Mm-hmm. So if, let's say you, are, you already have exfoliation routine, you want to just give that brightening a bit of a boost, this probably wouldn't tar- uh, t- uh, tackle any hardcore hyperpigmentation, but can be a great supplement to your routine. Yeah. All right. So that's it for the news. That's the news. Um, again, it's been a slow news like cycle. Yeah. I feel like hasn't been that much going on, but I really feel like summer we're gonna start seeing a lot of new launches. Speaking of new launches, um, what better way to t- go into the meat? Um, because yeah, it's definitely, um, there's going to be focus in antioxidants. Yes. So the meat part one. The meats. All right. Um, well, last episode we called the scrap meats. Mm-hmm. And today when we decided that we we're going to talk about antioxidants, I'm like, this is like the haggis episode. And what is haggis, Gloria? For those of you who don't know, haggis is a Scottish delicacy. It is a lot of stuff stuffed into a sheep's stomach and then boiled essentially sorry vegan listeners <laughs> yes and stuff includes stuff literally there's um basically scrap meat parts mm-hmm. and, and it's usually involves like innards from from sheep and then don't look that great yeah it honestly <laughs> doesn't and I, I recently found out that in scotland you can buy it in a can Ooh. so it looks like it's almost like pudding esque like the the actual haggis is you see a round sack of that's a sheep stomach and you cut it open and it's kind of like it's like stuffed 
you know, it's like pudding and stuff comes out. But in a can, it just looks like <laughs> it looks a little bit like dog food, <laughs> not in the most flattering way. But apparently, it's delicious because they use a lot of different spices. Noted. We will never be sponsored by Haggis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or ha- canned Haggis. Yep. Um, so we'll. Yeah. The reason why we're going to call this a haggis episode is there, when it comes to antioxidant, there's a lot of mix of like chopped up mystery. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, it is a very important topic. There's a lot of science in it, but in a lot of ways, like the ways it's been talked about, the way it's been marketed, it sometimes feels like a really bullshitty cure-all, right? I think that it's just um, for marketing, mm-hmm. uh, it's just obscure enough that you can get away with a lot of like there's freedom to inject like sexy terminology but then the science itself is trying to do the right thing but then inject all the marketing and then suddenly like the whole world is a mess yeah and this is definitely the category where you'll hear the story of like ah yes the first dew water off of the precious leaf of it really is (laughs) this is like one of the biggest culprits of that yeah yeah for sure um, so the, in this episode, in the meat part one, we're kind of, we're going to go through some of the science behind antioxidants and know that there's like, it's a bit over the place. Yep. Um, but before we dive into it, I did want to point out that we did already do an antioxidant episode back we in did. episode 23. So y'all have heard this rant before. But now it's enhanced. <laughs> it's better. It's bigger. It's rantier. <laughs> so we should remind you that if you are looking for... ECGC, pycnogenol, lipoic acid, CoQ10. Please revisit that episode. Um, we're going to post the link down below. Um, it's episode 23. Um, this is actually just to further expand upon antioxidant studies. The rant! What that means for <laughs> launches that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And hopefully give you some tips and tricks on how to decode and how to discern what might actually be helpful and what not, might be not so helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. So first things first, what is an antioxidant and why do we care? Um, and long story short, to kind of like simple it all down, um, the point of an antioxidant is to quench free radicals. Mm. And <laughs> oh, I'm like staring into Victoria's soul. I, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> all right. Free radicals, um, often referred to, you might hear of as ROS, or reactive Mm -hmm. oxygen species. These are, these arise um, in skin when your skin undergoes things like a lot of sun. Mm -hmm. And so what, the reason why these are so feared for us in skin and skin aging is that it can, it's quite volatile. It can interact with a lot of our main, very important cellular components like mitochondria, DNA and the reason why is because it's missing an electron. It's very, very sad. It's and very, very sad. We'll include a comic here of to showcase why. Um, and so when it has when it's missing, it's got its lone electrons looking to pair up, and so it tries to find a place and it that's how it's just so disruptive to, you know, like I said, mitochondria, DNA, even the cell nuclei. So mm. with that, um, that's where antioxidants come in um, because the idea is that it will go in and it will quench these ROS 
and then all things are stable again. <laughs> so that's the idea of antioxidant. But the reason why it's it's it feels like a relatively simple concept. But part of the reason why this is such a difficult category for us to dissect is it's just really really big yeah there's so many things like literally anything feels like an antioxidant nowadays Mm -hmm. um just to highlight how vast this category is you'll often hear about things like oh like blueberries like chocolate like these or plant extracts Mm -hmm. these things are antioxidants Mm -hmm. but as we mentioned on this podcast a few times within these extracts there are individual components so then you have scientists also looking at isolated components like like gallic acid, um, quercetin, and you have things like, you'll hear things like flavonoid rich. These are all different little individual compounds that scientists are still deciphering and figuring out. And sometimes you, you'll find papers testing the whole extract. Other times you'll find papers looking at individual compounds. Mm-hmm. So it just it's just exponentially wild. Yep. And... You know, the problem with that is as they look at these isolated compounds, then you have a lot of noise coming in Mm -hmm. from outside industry that are touting like the latest and greatest new supplement and extract. And I wanted to share with you guys like how crazy it can get. So these are some of the things that are claimed as antioxidants. Um, And I can confirm that some of these are actually extracts that can be used in skincare formulation. So you have things like sage, rosemary, ginseng, artichoke, vinegar, and even hops. They can be claimed as antioxidants. So, so this is really for health reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, it's the only reason why I drink this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that should give you an idea of just like, you know, to look at it as on an analytical level. And then, but then you have to fight through all of the noise from the actual industry. Hot mess, hot mess. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Let's bring it down to what that means for skincare. Yeah, so first of all, um, it takes a lot to test and validate an antioxidant. Mm-hmm. Now, on a very, very, very basic level, you test it in vitro or in test tubes. And there are these things called assays, where basically, as Victoria mentioned, they throw them at some ROS. Um, and there are different species of ROS. Yeah. Um, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into terrifying. That. But basically, there's a few different tests in vitro where mm-hmm. they put them in with these different species or you generate these species and see how the, how the antioxidants do. Like, see if these species decline in the presence of these ingredients. And if it does, they're like, who's all? You are an antioxidant. <laughs> I dub the antioxidant. And a lot of marketers will be like, oh my god, that's, that's awesome. They're I'm like, going to put it in cream. cream. Go, 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 go. go. <laughs> Honestly, like if you haven't listened to us rant about testing before, that's not how this stuff works. It's not how you can claim that it's actually helpful for skin. Yeah. So, and we want to highlight. This is a good time to call out that most antioxidant studies are actually done in uh, in oral injections, mm-hmm. in supplement form, or just in diet studies. And a lot of times, people will be like, "Oh my god, it's been tested on humans. Go, 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 go! Put in a cream." Yeah. But that's also not how that works. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's a completely different mechanism. So we need to know how does the antioxidant, the claimed quote-unquote antioxidant, work via skin. So Yeah. So this leads us to testing on skin. It's also a little wild. The thing is, there's a lot of really interesting studies that could be done. There isn't 
there isn't necessarily one golden standard. Yes. I want to highlight a few interesting ones who came along. I mean, honestly, a range is so far and wide in between. There's studies done on punch biopsy skin. Mm-hmm. There are studies done on banana peel. <laughs> and that one's my favorite. That one's because really it cute. looks like a banana massacre. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, that didn't work. The banana's now black. <laughs> and if you're wondering why, what, how that works, what they do is they simply apply, as you know, if you leave a banana peel out, it will slowly turn brown. So what they do is they simply apply the topical um, solution on the banana peel and just see if it can prevent the browning from occurring or just uh, draw out that time. So, yeah. Anyways, bananas. Who would have thought? Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did find a few interesting studies I really want to highlight. Yes. Um, there's one study done by um, a group of scientists. And one of the doctors on the study is Dr. Pinnell, who oh, is the founder of SkinCeuticals. The grandfather of ascorbic acid. Yes. <laughs> he has done it again. Back with another ascorbic acid test. <laughs> They extracted skin cells like fibroblasts from two different age groups. Mm-hmm. One super young newborn kids uh, at three to five, eight days old. Thank you for donating your fibroblasts to us. Yes. And uh, skin cells from the elderly at uh, 78 to 93 year old. Also thank you for donating your fibroblasts to science. Yes. And they put them in a culture and the skin cells um, kind of proliferate and grow over mm-hmm. time. It's probably to no one's surprise that the newborn skin cells divide much, much, much quicker than the elderly. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is in the presence of ascorbic acid, and we'll show the charts here. It's a little hard to see, but in the elderly cells, you can compare to the newborn cells. You'll see that it's much slower than the newborn. But in the presence of vitamin C, they proliferate much faster than without. So it's kind of a cool way to show how cool, uh, how important vitamin C is to your skin cells. Now, just remember, this is in vitro. Mm-hmm. So um, again, like you have to look, we look at vitamin C data, um, the robustness of it, mm-hmm. how many numerous of tests, both in vitro, in vivo, in clinicals. So this only adds another piece. And I think it just uh, further, I would say, suggests that ascorbic acid um, is a great preventative step for aging. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And some of our favorite in vivo studies done on live human subject mm-hmm. is what we consider accelerated damage studies. Mm-hmm. So one uh, one way to do this is with us UV induced erythema. You can apply a certain a, a controlled dose of UV light to patches of skin, basically causing sunburns. Yes. And you can see whether or not with topical antioxidants that degree of burn is reduced. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what's used to justify ascorbic acid and how it can be a great uh, AOX in in pairing with sunscreen. Um, It's also why we always promote uh, having vitamin C in your routine. Yes. And and it's also been looked at in a similar type of study where the offense, uh, the offending offending thing person is not uv light anymore they have similar type of study with diesel exhaust yes and also cigarette smoke to simulate uh pollution and other things that cause ros in the skin and if you're wondering how that works um usually they have little chambers where they'll put like you know your arm essentially in a concentrated dose of um exhaust or cigarette smoke 
and then see like and measure the amount of inflammation that occurs so, yeah. yeah and what's interesting sometimes like also it's so if you have a high enough dose it's so bad you will tan or have hyperpigmentation from mm-hmm. it it's pretty bad um but when that um that these kind of tests give us a pretty good idea that it works against the ROS generated by these offending species I guess yeah I actually that that kind of brings up a can of worms mm-hmm. because you can do these tests to give you an idea of topical performance but when it comes to start claiming performance for products and doing clinicals I feel like it can get really murky because mm-hmm. now you have brands that are starting to look for things like pigmentation, but yeah. then the me- the mechanism is a little bit different. And so I feel like it, it kind of muddies the water. And I think that's, you'll see as we continue to talk about this, how that can get really confusing. Yeah. I mean, a simple example is going back to the vitamin C example. Yeah. If you do a clinical study at 12 weeks, you'll see that vitamin C brightens the skin. Yeah. Um, but does it, is it because it's working as a preventive antioxidant? Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to tell. And yeah. when it comes to other antioxidants, let's say you did one of these accelerated damage studies, mm-hmm. it's hard to say whether or not you'll see any changes to your skin in 12 weeks. Because yeah. these accelerated studies are showcasing you know, like damage that you might accumulate over a whole year, yes. concentrated into a week. So you might not see anything in a 12-week study. And I think it's part of the realm because yes. at the end of the day what are antioxidants supposed to do they're supposed to prolong and prevent or i guess slow down the aging process and that takes years and no yeah. one has time or the money to study that so that's why we do have to get a little creative with these studies and they're really just not we can't say they're one-to-one comparisons of actual um antioxidant performance yeah, yeah so Again, this is why this this whole category is a bit yeah. of a leap of faith. Mm. So where do antioxidants come from in your skincare? <laughs> um, a lot of it does come from food, yeah. like food trends. If it catches on, if it's a superfood, you bet someone's tried to put that kale in the cream before. Artichokes. Oh, God. Artichoke dipped Lit. to the face. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have stuff like vitamin C. Mm grape stuff <laughs> tea stuff and right now we see mushroom stuff so much mushroom stuff so much mushroom stuff and just know that even if some of these categories and this is not what this episode is about so we will not dive into <laughs> their merits we only got one hour Gloria yep. um, but I just know that just because it works as an oral supplement does not mean it will work topically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there are so many ingredients that people are trying to make happen or transition from supplement to topical it just ha- hasn't happened so our team fetch award a reference that some of you might not get <laughs> i have to hand it to astaxanthin and quercetin mm. i feel like i've seen it at so many trade shows for the past yes. five years it's always lingering around in um i would say antioxidant like descriptions yes see them reference these two for sure yeah and then it's stuff like the do you know it's six thousand times more powerful than vitamin c (laughs) 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 and i've i caught this quote in one of the studies i looked at quercetin i have to highlight here Uh because it links right into our next rant oh god it goes the flavonoid quercetin shows excellent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, and it is proposed for the prevention and treatment of various skin conditions such as melanoma. Bold. Very bold claim. Bold. 
However, its low solubility and instability hinders its formulation. Oh! Oh! oh. oh. oh triggered! <laughs> oh. Triggered! That's so surprising for the antioxidant category. Yes! And so to wrap up me part one, we have to go around about, oh my god, antioxidant and no likey water. <laughs> And no likey oil, no likey oxygen, no likey sunlight. <laughs> what do you do with that? Oh, yeah, we're not speaking from experience no, of not having at all. to work with no. these at all. Mm-mm, no, not no, at no, all. no. Um, yes, I would say biggest active category with the most fussiest of ingredients has to be this category for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly sensitive, just packaging nightmares. Yeah temperature it's not great not yeah great. and last i mean to sum up again this is what ascorbic acid is king you'll hear us talk about you i feel like we've all seen that hot dog water turn brown on yeah. you before so people know that it's a fussy difficult ingredient to work with but that's with already it, good yeah but at least we <laughs> understand the parameters yeah. and we've worked with it so that's, that's stable so enough so yeah. yeah and i mean we Again, definitely check back to episode 23. We talk about the issues with ubiquinone and EGCG. Um, Same thing, you know, it's a lot of notations of the fact that it just doesn't do well in formulation and doesn't seem to be cut out for a long shelf life. And that's really our problem. And that's why the chemists exist to solve these problems or to rant about it over a couple of things (laughs) so yeah um this basically concludes me part one and to kind of give you guys a preview this rant is totally not inspired by the fact that mr reliable gen 2 will have silamarin which is (gasps) a very very No, she's absolutely right. It's part Um, of the reason why it's delayed, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, we've been trying to do it right and be some fussy people in that formula. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. We'll talk about it more when we're we're closer to launching it. But that's me, part one. Thank you for sticking with us. It was a lot of chemist fuss and rant, but hopefully it was interesting. Yep. Let's dive right into the claims. Let's bring out the claims corner. Claims corner! All right. So if you don't know what the claims corner is, this is where we share about an interesting claim that makes us raise our eyebrows. And have a chuckle a little. All right. Take it away, Gloria. This was a user submission. Not user submission. This was submitted by my friend Erica. Thank you, Erica. This was wonderful. Yes. It's a company called Byro. And uh, row with R-O-E, and if you are now thinking about salmon row, you are absolutely correct. Yes. So this, this um, whole brand, the ethos is <laughs> skincare infused by salad. You salad. Correctly. <laughs> That's right. Your Trader Joe's salad, your Caesars, your chicken, uh, what is it? Your Tofu. Chinese chicken salad. Yep. All of that. Yeah, I think I read a founder story where she was straight up like, oh, I was eating a salad and I was like, salad's so healthy, why not on base? <laughs> I might be paraphrasing a little bit here, but that was I my really take That is not what she wrote, because that just means we're doing it wrong, Gloria. We're going about all of this all wrong. Oh my God, hops so delicious, why not on base? <laughs> also antioxidant. I use my beer as toner. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. But yes, they have this line of products have names like salmon cream, tofu cream, and 
the works and it's actually a pretty premium pricing the salmon cream is 120 dollars and the tofu cream is 85 dollars but the one i really really want to decode is their 150 dollar tomato serum is it red i don't i think the packaging is i don't think the product is red okay, okay. yes right. so the claimed ingredients are tomato oh, okay ceramides ascorbic acid which at which point am i why yes that's the gold standard vitamin c very cool okay peptides okay so we looked at the ingredient list posted here it's a fat one it's really long and it took me i kid you not a good three minutes to find ascorbic acid i was like uh uh, water uh uh-huh glycerin's a hydrator methylpropane dial hydrator pentylene glycohydrator glucam 20 hydrator and a lot of extracts yeah i couldn't even find the tomato (laughs) and i had to squint a few times and i got to the ascorbic acid and i realized it's 3-o ethyl ascorbic acid and they have ascorbic acid but it's all at the end which is not great also i would like to use this as an example that it also has artichoke leaf extract <gasps> that is actually the theme of this episode is artichoke <laughs> yeah i actually also have cabbage extract tomato extract uh <laughs> turnip extract so it's a salad they are not shitting you when they said salad for face and um you guys definitely have to check it out um the honestly the website ads and visuals that they use it's really skincare in a salad bar which is fascinating and then you know they talk about building your kits and the lingo they use is build your own salad bowl but they mean like salad bowl of skincare so they're really you know like leaning into this terminology um definitely i mean hey we're talking about it now so i guess the marketing works yeah so uh, (laughs) check it out um i had a good chuckle i will say 150 dollars you can almost buy the original C ferulic formula. Yeah. So Rough. I definitely would not spend money on this tomato serum. So. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, that's the claims corner. Salad for your skin. <laughs> 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 All right. And with that, it's time to get into the last part of the meat, uh, where we're going to focus on some products. The yeah. Part. Um, part of the reason why we decided to do this is because we see a lot of new antioxidants. And I, we, we first started working on this episode, I'll say, oh, maybe I'll just be more product focused since we briefly talked about antioxidants before. But then the more I looked into, the more I'm like, new launches are all vitamin C. I don't want to do another <laughs> vitamin C episode. <laughs> but it's because they know there is data in the vitamin C world. Yes. Even so, the derivatives, which is cool. Yeah. So I, I do think most of the new launches with vitamin c are on the derivatives mm-hmm. um so that's kind of an interesting marketplace right now for sure um but it's still pretty wild um i have decided to give two products the punt award um <laughs> it is exactly as it sounds if i was if i have the products i would probably just punted <laughs> <laughs> all right so candidate number one Sephora's version of vitamin C E. <sighs> it's a it's called Super Serum Ultra Glow Serum. Mm-hmm. And it has the it has the artwork has C and E on it. So basically it's positioned as a direct challenger to any other CEs on the market. Um, but again, I looked at the ingredients. 
And I looked at it some more. <laughs> and I looked at it again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, where's my ascorbic acid or ascorbic anything? It's, it's not great. Uh, so you get a lot of extracts, a lot of citrus extracts like lemon. Um, there's also sugar maple extract. Um, it's, there's panthenol and sunflower seed oil. Um, and then right at the very bottom, you will find a sorbyl glucoside. Right next to your vitamin tocopherol. Yeah. To sum up, no matter what form of vitamin C you use, the effective level is typically You're actually need more. always at above 1%. Yeah. Having it at the end, it's, uh, it's guaranteed it's under 1%. So... I was going to say it also doesn't bode well when your packaging is completely clear. Yeah. Um, generally, like we said, most antioxidants are pretty fussy. And so it just, yeah, it's not great. It's cheap. It's 20 bucks. But I will still pump that 20 bucks <laughs> into the trash can. And to be fair, there are dupes of vitamin C of CE ferulic that are that same price point. Yeah. So it, it's pretty brutal. I would say that's, that's a rough one. It's yep. not very hard to save. All right. Realize usually on this podcast, we take a more gentle approach to products. Like, you know, we poke fun on stuff. We try to find silver linings. We highlight some of the good work people have done. But that one is like a full punt. <laughs> I think also because the vitamin C space is so crowded. Mm-hmm. And now you have like affordable dupes coming out that kind of the blueprint is there. So to come out with a product that really doesn't it's not a dupe it doesn't really push the boundaries in any way it's not really that much more affordable than it's like uh help anybody <laughs> help <laughs> help us help you <laughs> yeah. all right okay and candidate number two the body shop has a vitamin c glow boosting moisturizer all right hit me Here's the thing, and I share this feeling between these two, both of these products, which mm-hmm. is if you just call it a moisturizer or mm-hmm. a hydrating serum, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be that offended. Okay. Even if you put vitamin C in a much smaller print, like vitamin C infused moisture, whatever, uh-huh. not that offended. But these are like bold, big letters that say, this is a vitamin C product. But if you look at this ingredient list, you have, okay, you have water. Uh, solvent. Oh, and they kindly label all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, you know, you have glycerin, propane diol, yada yada, thickener. Oh, I see fragrance. Uh, then you get all the way down, and you say, and you see THD asorbate, chilling at the bottom of the barrel, next to disodium EDTA, which you will not use above 0.1 percent in this type of formulas. Maybe 0.5. Yeah. yeah. So with that, and again, like we said, another reminder that um, THC ascorbate is oil-based. Um, you definitely need a lot more than one percent. Um, and again, this category, I feel like now consumers are probably the most aware of, and mm-hmm. I feel like there is a need to do better. Yeah. There's no excuse here. So we would see this more as a very, very light moisturizer. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very basic moisturizer. Again, if you just call it orange moisturizer i would not be offended (laughs) but it's just not again guys if you guys use it use these products i love the texture it works well for you as a hydrator and whatnot that's all fine just know that if you are looking for something to seriously act as a long-term antioxidant help these aren't it okay 
So we're going to turn the flame off and now talk about products that actually are decent. <laughs> yeah, we see two new launches um, that have that's also in the vitamin C derivative space. Mm-hmm. First of all, we have Herbivore's Nova. I have to say, I'm so proud of Gloria for not flaming this brand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm she trying. is growing. <laughs> I'm trying. I want to be good, guys. But no, we should really say it's like, as much as we have definitely probably called out herbivore a couple times yeah. in our lives. Um, but great to see. We are very fair in that it's, again, every brand, it's truly product-based. When you ask us, is a brand good or not, it always comes down to products. So, yes. yep, here we go. Take it away. New launch. Yeah, and this one has 15% THD ascorbate. See, significant amount. And you will see it as a second place on the ingredient list, and that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. I am very lukewarm about the bright neon yellow color, <laughs> but that be what it be. <laughs> it's herbivore. It's got to be bright. I am a little bit concerned about the fact that it is in a clear packaging. Yeah. THC ascorbate is a much more stable vitamin C, but I wouldn't call it an ultra vitamin, stable vitamin C as they call it. It still has... Um, it's quirks. Yeah, it still has its quirks, and it's not fully stable. So I would definitely... It's in clear bottle. If you want to try it, make sure you store it in a dark and cool place. Yeah. Um, that's it. There's not that much else to say about it. You can't find other THD ascorbate products. Um, I would say I think for the price and the percentage, it's a good balance. So it's not a bad product to start out at all to try out this ingredient. For sure. All right. Next, we have Tula's Bright Star Vitamin C Antioxidant Brightening Moisturizer. Mm-hmm. So pick the serum and the moisturizer to counteract the two punt award in- <laughs> nominees. <laughs> um, this one has a consumer perception study attached to mm-hmm. it. It doesn't give percentages, but I'm not as offended. So this is an example where like, okay, if we don't want to talk about percentages, at least not have it buried at the bottom of the list. Like, a, like people don't know what that means anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one has uh, 3-O-ethyl ascorbic acid in the third spot and THD ascorbate in the fourth spot. We don't know how much that is, but in the third and fourth spot, there's a solid chance that it is well above 1%. Yeah. So, uh, and 3 ethyl ascorbic acid, we ran to last time that it shouldn't, it doesn't need to be at the 10, 15% level anyway. Yeah. So we see that as a good sign. And because it's more positioned as a moisturizer, it has other great supporting ingredients like transamic acid, ferulic acid, and lactobacillus ferment. So we really th- see it as a pretty gentle um, moisturizer that's, well balanced has some good actives yeah and i would say this you'll probably start seeing not just like pure vitamin c serums you'll probably start seeing cocktails um in these formulas now sorry i think i'm just gonna finish sorry guys Okay, so yeah, um, so I think one of the things that we're predicting is going to happen this summer is that now that we're starting to expand out of the vitamin C serum category, mm-hmm. you're going to start seeing a lot of these like almost brightening cocktails that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of feels like a hodgepodge. And um, so with this, this is great. Um, definitely worth a try. I think it just leads us down another product we want to talk about which is dr dennis gross um they came out with they have a product that's called the ferulic plus retinol triple correction eye serum and you'll see that 
based on their ingredient list, you're not really sure what they're getting at, but they're trying to do something. Yeah, so Dr. Dennis Gross is a product, a brand that we talk about once in a while because they use a lot of great ingredients. Yes. They really do. Um, but all their formulas is like they're <laughs> putting these ingredients. It's literally <laughs> like... You're not really sure what the theme is. You know, it's like it's like you are trying to make a bouquet. Yeah. You're just not really sure what the angle is. Is it romantic? Is it, you know, I put a rose in it. I put a lily in it. And then I put a daisy in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's trying to do something. We're just not really sure what. Yes. So for this particular product, this one is a new, I should add, um, but it has... Centella, which is great, um, licorice root extract, ferulic acid, retinol, the um, the derivative form of acetic acid, uva ursi, which is a natural, um, it's an extract that contains arbutin. They also have arbutin, arbutin. itself. <laughs> they have Morris Elba leaf extract, which is mulberry uh, extract, which actually does have clinical data around. Willow bark, quercetin, caffeine, coq10. Salicylic acid, glycolic acid, mandelic acid, panthenol. So again, we're just, <laughs> they even have peptides. So we're kind of like, who are you? What yeah. do you want to be? Tell me. So Dr. Dennis Gross literally takes approach of, my mom tells me I can be whatever I want to be when <laughs> I grow up. So they put everything in, but there are certain things about it. So for example, like retinol, it's an ingredient that's fussy and Things should be formulated around it, but it's not. There's a lot of extracts. So I would say that it's like a very impressive list, but there's, for example, oh, there's so many examples to give here. Uh, in the AHA realm, they have glycolic and mandelic, but it's guaranteed that there isn't enough in here to exfoliate mm. per se. Mm. So again, what does this do and what's the star and what's the goal? So I, we talk about shock, um, or shark. We talk about cocktails of actives all the time and Mm -hmm. how that can be beneficial than just like singular actives. Yes. Um, Sometimes these cocktails can have synergistic effects where one plus one doesn't equal two, it equals like three or four. Three thousand. Yeah. But the problem is those cocktails need to be substantiated. You can't just assume that by combining all of these, it's going to be so much better. So... You know, again, like if you're feeling lost and you're feeling overwhelmed with all these actives, look for testing. SkinCeuticals is a great example of testing that can give you a ballpark of what might be, you know, relevant results that you'll see. Um, So, yeah, anyways, it can get confusing. And the Dr. Dennis Gross, for me at least, with cocktails of actives, like it doesn't make sense. A little much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last category of new launches of antioxidant is sunscreens. Um, and I think this is a continuation of a trend from last summer Ooh. where you see products like the Strivectin Super C, yeah. Super Goop is big in this, but you start, you're starting to see a lot of sunscreens claim vitamin C. Mm-hmm. But we're going to end that there. I'm not going <laughs> to go into it because that's a meat for the next episode. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um, so I think that's... I would say I'm pretty excited. I, as a minimalist, love mm-hmm. the one and done aspect. Mm-hmm. But usually, you think about sunscreens and you think you know how expensive testing is going to be. You're like, 
how much testing are they actually going to do for both fronts, both yeah. as, as an antioxidant and a sunscreen. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get into the next episode. Yeah. And to really wrap up the meat, we've avoided this topic for a very long time. <laughs> and it's towards the end of the episode, so we will sort of continue avoiding it, which is we keep mentioning the fact that antioxidants are mostly tested as an oral injection. Injection. <laughs> Sorry. As oral... <laughs> <laughs> as oral supplements um so should we and there's so many brands out there right now that promotes beauty within supplement world is wild so should we take antioxidant supplements that is a subject we will firmly avoid and maybe save for the meat of a different episode but i did want to highlight one study that i found kind of in this realm um it's an australian study where they tracked a group of about 500 people and they started with a thousand i think people passed away and or decided not to call them back because it's 15 years uh where they kind of significant yeah it is All very right. long it started it in happened a, in 15 years man <laughs> yeah they started out in the 90s um so wow. these it's for all from the same town so they live in roughly the same environment wow. um the reason why these studies are so difficult is you know you ask people to track what they eat and whatnot sure. and you try to bracket them by their lifestyle choices for 15 years i can't stick to something for one month. <laughs> that's why about two-thirds of them dropped out um but and also there's like it, it does call into question how accurate some of these studies are mm. but they largely divided up the population they divided the population into people who eat more antioxidants by their diet so if they mm. eat a lot of fruits a lot of nuts a lot of vegetables versus people who don't and they kind of track their skin health to see if it makes okay. a difference okay it's long there's a lot of mess in it they're not they're not taking supplements they're it's not strictly diet. it's diet that's tough yes but what's really interesting is they did find a difference in high um people who eats a lot of antioxidants tend to have better skin than those who don't mm. but this effect isn't very very well observed until they're over 45 uh, that's when cliff. yes that's okay. when a lot of your natural in natural aging especially in australia where there's a lot of sun um this is where your advanced glycation end products come up mm. this is where a lot of your natural antioxidant defense decides to take a nosedive and things like that and it's just like it, it builds up to that moment where it's you really start to notice a difference so again this really highlights that at the end of the day it's a long like antioxidants a leap of faith right it's for long it's a long-term game and yeah. <laughs> I have a question. You just elbow. <laughs> yes, yes, this elbow. Right. Yes, you in the back. <laughs> My question is, do they document things like sunscreen habits? They did. Oh, okay. But again, it's really loose. It's like okay. it's like um they try to pick people. So they looked at smoking, okay, sunscreen and try to pick people that have similar um, behavior in those categories so they're less of a factor. Okay. But people lie about these things. <laughs> That's true. I don't really know. That's true. And then the other thing I think kind of a takeaway that I have here is not so much like even antioxidant it's just like eating healthy. Yes. Right? Because yes. if you eat healthy it, it definitely makes it, it, uh, it makes a case for just generally eating healthy and what that can do for you in the long run. So the reason why I decided not to go into this super hard too is yeah. they also looked at things like BMI. Mm. Like how if, if these categories kind of lead to different health levels as well. So they kind of, it's a hot mess and it was a big data problem where they had to exclude these like different mm. criteria. 
I just took top level. Skim the top takeaway, yeah. which is. But I think that's really yeah. interesting, and I think valiant attempt too. Yeah, valiant, valiant attempt, and I think it just makes a case of why antioxidant as a category is really hard to test. Yes, you know, and you'll never be able to test in real time. Yes, unless you do a fifteen-year study and watch them like a hawk. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the takeaway is. Treat yourself kindly, but、yeah. don't freak out if you're missing out on that chocolate mushroom. Oh, I should. We should also mention、um, sometimes when we do things like our vitamin C poll, there is a subset of y'all that are like, I don't get it. I use <laughs> vitamin C; it does nothing for my skin. Yes, I don't get it. Why do I even use this? And I just want to honestly say, I feel the same way. You、mm. know, like I'm definitely one of those people that don't really see the benefits. It's just as Gloria said. It's just a prayer that,、mm-hmm. in the long run, we'll all age gracefully using it. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. cool. All right. That's it. That's the meat. All right. It's a chunky haggis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should Google haggis. It ain't pretty.、Hmm. All right. And now it's time to break, 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 break it up, break, break, break it up, break, break, break it up. Today's Victoria's turn. I'm almost done with my sake, so I'm very excited. <laughs> it's the Animal Fun Fact Corner, and yes, today it is my turn to share. And we've been on this subject of like beauty pageants and whatnot. So、oh、I went, boy, <laughs> <laughs> I went down this weird rabbit hole and basically found what I would like to consider the fashionistas of the ocean.、Um, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> today we're talking about crabs. Ah, of course. <laughs> And today we're actually going to talk about two types of crabs. The first one is called the carrier crab,、um, aka the urchin crab.、Mm-hmm. So the carrier crab is about five centimeters in length, not、Tiny. very big. Yeah, they are this like brownish pink color. And they can be found in parts of the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean.、Um, so the most interesting thing is、um, crabs have eight legs, right? And then, so with that, they actually only walk on two pairs. Yeah. What do the other four do? So what the <laughs> other two do is they pick up urchins and、uh-huh. they put them on their back, so it looks like they're wearing fat, spiky <laughs> urchin hats. <laughs> Wait. Live urchins or dead urchins? Live urchins. Wait, <laughs> they're just like, uh, uh excuse, yeah, excuse me, Mister Elbow,、like, where are we going? <laughs> Mister Elbow, <laughs> Mister Elbow, help! <laughs> yeah, so, um, yes,、yeah, so、they carry live urchins on their back, um, as protection from fish predators,、oh. um, because usually they are walking on very like barren ocean floors. But、well, um, sea urchins are way bigger than five centimeters. <laughs>、yeah. Wow. So I'm gonna show Gloria this picture. Them,、um, but it's noted not to fear about the urchins. They actually don't really mind.、Um, they because they get transported and taken to like new grounds to feed.、Mm. Um, they even have noted that like giant, like much bigger, older urchins also don't mind going on these trips. <laughs> so like the ratio of like crab to、oh、urchin is pretty large, which we'll show here. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I mean, if you saw like. Five of these, you'd be like, "That is the best ocean Mardi Gras parade I've ever seen." <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So anyway, so that's one crab that I consider a fashionista. The、mm-hmm. other one is called the decor- decorator crab. 
Um, so the interesting thing is these guys are a lot more well studied. Um, and they're also fashionistas because they're known to take things from their environment and stick them to their back. Oh. So it can be anything from like plants to like sedentary animals. Um, <laughs> it can be like poisonous organisms. Like they'll, it's just. They're not selective. They're, well, it's just whatever's in their environment that uh-huh. helps them like blend in. Uh-huh, okay? uh-huh. And basically help them ward off and hide from predators. So um, they've actually done a few experiments with these crabs. Um, they've documented that if you, let's say, they took this um, crab that resides in like a short seaweed environment mm-hmm. and they place them in a new environment overnight they will have completely changed like their crab oh, outfit they're just like essentially they're like oh my god <laughs> ah, I, need to blend I got changed <laughs> i got blended <laughs> yeah so and then another thing that was interesting is they took three decorator crabs from the same environment and put them in different each of them were placed in different environments so mm. one was placed in sort of like this coral um this coral environment with dense seaweed mm-hmm. and lo and behold they were just covered in seaweed mm. um there was one that was placed on gravel and shells filled with sand had shells on their back oh, so cute there was one that even was placed among these like they're called long crinoids they're also called sea lilies so they look like um very flowing tentacly like plants Mm. they're living organisms and they found that the crab had snipped off their limbs (laughs) and like stuck it to their back and like was just trying to Uh, nothing to see here (laughs) i am one with the sea lilies (laughs) and they had all adapted so it's really fascinating and the way they stick it to their shell is they'll break off these pieces they'll like munch on it a little bit on the end and then they'll just like rub it on their back (laughs) and their back has these like little hooks Uh so basically they have like velcro backs that they can just like stick so funny oh my god yeah really interesting um i will love a velcro jacket and i could just (laughs) stick stuff to it well it makes me like i just the visual was so endearing because these crabs, if you put them in a new vi- environment, must have high stress. They're mm-hmm. like looking around, being like, oh, "It's a fish sticking it. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god!" So yeah. Um, the other thing is that decorator crabs—they have multiple species, so they're kind of like um, they specialize in certain things that they stick to their back. So some are specialized in adhering sponges. Others are algae. Some are <laughs> seaweed, like different clans, basically. That's so funny. So I'm showing Gloria some of the decorator crabs here. So you'll see like seaweed. They're like works of oh, art. Wow. Yeah. They'll take like, you know, anemone, like um No one's safe. <laughs> yeah. And they're actually beautiful. So um, so colorful. Really, really fascinating. So yeah. The little humble crab. Um, oh, that's have adorable. Lots of culture and expression too. That's a good one. I like it. To hide from predators and not be eaten. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Yay! Yay! Crab! That was a good one. All right. Cool. <laughs> and to wrap up. <laughs> All right. We're gonna finish off with the last few questions with our Q and A. Yep. First question. So, should we consider sodium ascorbophosphate? Or bakukil as an acne ingredient. Yeah, so they're probably referring to a post we did that looked at sodium ascorbophosphate with retinol, right? 
Yes. And um, that one, along with Bakukyo, which is in reference to our previous episode, um, where we talked about how they're looking at it for treating acne. And yeah, so it's a great question because originally with sodium ascorbyl phosphate, this vitamin C derivative, um, it's touted to be considered as like um, ascorbic acid replacement, would probably start off in the category of an antioxidant, um, but it has been found to be helpful in reducing sebum. Um, and But the issue is, again, because the data is not quite there yet, we would see it as a nice supplement. Definitely should not be replacing any of your main topicals, um, but can be a nice add-on to your routine. Yes, and agree with that. And I want to add that between these two, again, I want to highlight that Bakugil has a lot of data on it's touted as an irritation-free or not irritating yeah. retinol, but it has data on it causing redness. Mm. So if you're already on a, an acne regimen, mm. especially prescription retinoids or other retinoids like a dappling, I would personally recommend going the sodium ascorbyl phosphate route first to supplement. Such a good point because I think nothing makes me more stressed than really angry red acne lesions. Like I can deal with just acne lesions, but when they're red and they just look so inflamed, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like a beacon. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, please, no, no, do not add to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So question two. Uh, Yeah. How do you feel about a more Pacific single extract essence? Um, that's touted to have green tea that's been fermented for a hundred days. Is it worth it to get and use over regular green tea? That is a great question. <laughs> um, so fermented stuff, uh, fermented ingredients was Ew. like a lot of hype in the past mm-hmm. couple of years, almost 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the data behind it is very proprietary and stays with the suppliers. So true. Um, so on one hand, I think, I know this product is pretty pricey. I don't remember how expensive it was, um, but I think having it as a single ingredient, if you want to give these type of ingredients a try, this is the type of product to try it out because Mm. it has the high concentration. You're getting the best of it. Is it worth it? I think (laughs) is a much bigger question. I personally wouldn't spend a, a ton of money on it. There's some supplier data that suggests that, yes, it's better than regular green tea extract. But how does it bench against, you know, the but if you vitamin were C? Oh, I use it. <laughs> oh, I use it. Heartbeat. Um, and if you go back to our EGCG episode, um, you'll hear us talk about tea stuff. It's just a little... I think topically it's a little overrated, convoluted. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how we feel about it. We wouldn't really break a bank about uh, over it. But at the same time, if you're like, hey, I really want to try topical tea stuff, I still think this product is about as good as it will get. I think that's such a good point. Um, Every time people ask us about green tea skincare, it is really the hardest thing is just understanding the (coughs) sourcing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, this is, their touted proprietary green tea ingredient, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be above average in terms of sourcing, which is, again, very challenging for this category. So kind of agree with you. This might be the best format to trial, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is very expensive, so you've been warned. Yes. Um, Yeah, but great questions. Um, This really ends episode four. We hope you enjoyed going on this rant journey with us about antioxidants. Um, Don't worry, there's going to be more antioxidant launches coming. We will definitely address those in the episodes to come. 
And like Gloria had hinted, next week it's gonna start looking at sunscreen launches. Woo! The sun is coming out, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. You where, know where to find us. I was just about to say, where <laughs> can they find us, Gloria? Come visit us at chemistconfessions.com. Um, you can comment directly on this YouTube video. Um, you can always write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. It might take us a few days to get back to you. Also word. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. And yeah, if you want some short content, uh, little science factoids, find us on Instagram at, at chemist.confessions. And you can DM us as well. So hopefully this has been helpful. If you have more antioxidant questions, let us know. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.